I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my home school, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. I want to ask you a question. Do you sometimes get stuck in the cycle of complaining or the spirit of complaining? Or do you see that our culture has kind of normalized complaining? It's like, that's what we do, right? And we can kind of go down that road of being stuck in a cycle of complaining from, you know, the smallest things to the biggest things. But regardless, the Bible actually tells us not to do it. It says in Philippians, do all things without complaining. So why do we as Christians, as a culture, as humans, why do we get stuck with Uh, a spirit of complaining. Let's talk about that today. And let's not look at it as something like, oh, you know, we're kind of pointing the finger like you big complainer. It's really a good time to kind of just evaluate, especially during this month of Thanksgiving and gratitude. It's really good to kind of just sometimes evaluate your heart, evaluate your mindset, And realize that maybe sometimes things are so complicated in our lives and we're not living simply because we are letting things like the spirit of complaint um, clutter up our lives. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. And before I start, always, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning homeschool curriculum provider. They cultivate a lifelong love of learning with an engaging homeschool curriculum. They're developed by leading scholars and Apologia provides creation-based K-12 homeschool curriculum that equips and empowers you to help your student reach their academic goals and nurture their love of God, which to me, that second part right there is the most important thing. We used Apology in our homeschool for many years, and we love that it was so biblically based and everything came from that perspective that, you know, God was the author of creation. And we just love that. So Apology's award-winning curriculum encourages independence and cultivates a lifelong love of learning with a conversational tone written directly to the student and includes hands-on activities activities and experiments. Our favorite part of Apologia was by far the experiments for science. Right now, you can also access Apologia's free co-op kickstart guide, which is really cool. So if you are interested in checking out all that they have to offer, they have traditional textbook curriculum, digital, online, self-paced, all kinds of curriculum. Go check out everything at Apologia.com. All right, so let's talk about complaining. Now, I'm going to say first and foremost, 
I have certainly had my share of complaining in my life. I can absolutely positively get stuck in that um, mindset where, you know, woe is me. Everything is happening to me and I'm going to complain about it. Um, I'm going to say that sometimes even if I'm not complaining on the outside, I may be complaining in my mind, and that is just as detrimental as walking around, you know, uttering complaints all the time, because we all know that what goes on in our mind is then what determines our actions. So we even want to be careful that even if we aren't outward complaining, because it's one thing to be on the outside positive and uh, looking on the bright side and all of that, but if you're still in your mind complaining, Number one, God sees the heart. And number two, we know that eventually the mind will overflow into our actions. So we want to nip it in the bud. If you find that your thoughts are going to negative places, if you're, you know, complaining about your circumstances, complaining about others around you, even if it's not out loud, we want to nip that in the bud for sure. I want to look today too at what does the Bible say about complaining. Um, and you know, this isn't my opinion on complaining that I want to talk about. I want to like dig in and be like, why does this happen? What does the Lord have to say about it? And then what do we do about it, right? Because I think that, um, you know, we can see that we live in a very like a complaining culture, right? We live in a culture that normalizes complaining. It's almost, I feel like if you're not kind of, you know, uttering your grievances out loud, then you're kind of looked at as like, oh, this Pollyanna, <laughs> right? This positive person. And people might even think you're fake, because you're not participating in the game of complaining, right? And so, you know, we want to be aware of that as well. Um, and, you know, understand that we don't have to participate in the normalizing of complaining. That if other people think that, you know, our being positive is a bad thing, well, then obviously that's on them. We don't want to worry about that. Um but it's really important, you know, for our mental state, our emotional health, and our spiritual health not to get caught up in complaining. There was something I read. Oh, I meant to print it out for the podcast so I could read it to you guys, but I didn't. So I'll just have to kind of encourage you to go research it on your your own yourself. But there was something I read that, do you know complaining is actually bad for your health? That when you complain, now I don't remember exactly what it was, but it releases, you know, these chemicals in the brain and all that, that actually are detrimental to your health. And obviously, when we have a positive attitude, we release, you know, the good chemicals, like the endorphins and the things that are good for our health. So first and foremost, for a culture that is always so worried about health, Let's remember that complaining is actually bad for our health. It actually does a physical um, detriment to us when we approach life with a daily sense of complaint. And you know, I feel like there's um, 
like I said, almost like a peer pressure <laughs> to be a part of that, you know, because everybody's kind of griping and they're, you know, moaning about the circumstances of the day and things don't go our way, whether it's, you know, in politics or just at the grocery store, we'll complain about the, we'll complain that the aisles were changed, right? We'll complain that the person wasn't fast enough. We'll complain, I know in my state and I do it, I complain as well. Uh, we just eliminated grocery bags. So, you know, I'll always complain about that because I always get stuck in the grocery store without my bags. You know, all of these little things, they do build up. And <clears throat> what happens is we go from, you know, complaining about the little things, the grocery store bags, or, um, you know, the person at the checkout line isn't quick enough, or we didn't get, you know, the, um, sometimes I do my online order at Walmart, and I don't get all of my items. Some of them are out of stock. I'll complain about that. You know, all these little things, what they do is they build a foundation that it's okay for you not to get your way. Because if we're complaining about those little things, it then changes into the bigger things, you know? And in all of that complaining, oops, let me turn off my uh, my sound here, sorry. In all of those <clears throat> big uh, little things that we complain about and then gradually it's a slippery slope we start seeing it and everything but what happens is when we complain not only remember it's bad for your health it's going to be bad for your spiritual health because what you're doing essentially when you complain is saying that i am not okay with the sovereignty of god because whatever happens in the situation that you're in in life god's hand is in it and so we can of course, have times where we're not happy about our circumstances. We're not, you know, going through um, trials and saying, yay, these are so wonderful. But we're also making ourselves sovereign rather than the Lord, because we're saying, I want what I want, and I don't get what I want. And then I'm going to complain about it rather than saying, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say in that verse, this is the day the Lord has made. Only in the good circumstances I will rejoice. No, this is the day the Lord has made. That means everything that happens today, the Lord has a hand in it. And people don't like to hear that because they want to see God as our warm, fuzzy God who gives us everything that we want. But in reality, he is a great, big, sovereign creator, God, who is ruling over this earth, who gives us everything we need, not want. And so as soon as we humble ourselves before the great God that is in control of our lives, when we humble ourselves before him, it's going to automatically dissolve any of that spirit of complaint in us because we recognize I am not God and he is. And how can I behave in this circumstance? We've talked about in the past several episodes how our purpose in life is to give glory to God. So that changes everything right there because a lot of us think our purpose in life is to be happy. Our purpose in life is to achieve certain goals. Our purpose in life is to, you know, raise our family, our purpose in life. And while all those things may be purposes that God has given you, they are not the overall purpose of your life. 
So no matter what circumstances you're in, whether it's raising a family, whether it's working at a job, whether it's working in ministry, whether it's just your day-to-day activities, all of those things, we are to give glory to God in each one of them. And so we cannot give glory to God if we are complaining. Complaining will never give glory to God. So if you are doing your day-to-day things and you're like, um, you know, I'm just, you just kind of get stuck in that rut of like, oh, this day didn't go my way. Everything's going wrong. You can't give glory to God. You can easily turn that around by saying, well, this day didn't go my way, but praise the Lord, I serve a magnificent God who has created this day. He has created me. And how can I give him glory in it? And, you know, I've said this before. I know that when people are listening, they're probably like, but you don't know what I'm going through. And you're right. I said this last week. I don't, but God does. God knows what you're going through. There is never an excuse not to give him glory. Just because things don't go your way doesn't mean we don't give God glory. So when we're talking about complaining, we have to remember the purpose of our life is to give glory to God in our lives, in how we live, in the choices we make, in all that we do, we must give him glory. And complaining does not bring God glory. It says, I am not happy with what my God has done. I don't like the situation I'm in. And that cannot give glory to God because you can be in the worst of situations Not saying that you are going to say, this is the best thing ever. I get it. But you can still give glory to God. You can still say, what does God want me to do with this circumstance? You know, I think because of social media, we also have like the public square now to complain about everything. So complaining has has become even more normalized because we have you know, a platform on which to air our grievances. And it makes it feel like it's okay. Like I said, it is. the Bible really does say, do all things without complaining. It says that in Philippians, which we're going to get to a little bit uh, in a little bit more. So it's not that I'm just trying to be like, oh, little Miss Positive and little Miss Pollyanna and little Miss Sunshine. I'm telling you what the Bible says. It doesn't say only when things go your way. It really does say, do all things without complaining. The purpose of our life really is to give God glory in all things. And so if um, we, you know, have seen that our culture kind of normalizes complaining because you can just, I mean, scroll your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed or whatever it is. You're not going to get too far into those posts until you see someone complaining about something, right? And very, it's just like Satan. He does that. He very slyly like gets in there and makes it just so normal. You know, you might look back and be like, oh, well, what do you think this is? Like the 1950s, everybody was positive. Or you know what? I like to watch Little House on the Prairie. Oh, Ma was always so positive. Well, things aren't like that anymore. No, we can still be positive. This isn't just a a generational thing. But I think that we've really normalized complaining. We don't realize it, but it's like when it's constantly what you see and you're filling your mind with 
If you're filling your mind with, you know, the news and TV and your news feed on social media, and there's a lot of complaining and negativity out there, it's going to creep in. And it's going to feel normal before you know it. But it doesn't have to be. You can go against that grain of normal. Um, Now, I'm not saying that our world is perfect and we have no right to be upset about things. And I'm not saying that if your day doesn't go as planned, that that's not frustrating. I'm not saying if you're walking through a trial right now that, you know, you should be just singing praises about it. But I do know what the Bible says about complaining and about giving God glory. So how do we reconcile that tension? It's a matter of looking to God himself and not always looking at the circumstances, right? The Bible talks about what is... um you know, setting your mind on things above and the things that are unseen. So it's very easy for us to fix our eyes on what is seen and what is right here on earth. And when we fix our eyes on those things, absolutely, we're going to focus on the negative and the complaining of what's not going our way. Because guess what? On earth, things aren't going to go our way because it's a fallen, cursed world. And so when we fix our eyes on things above, it's like you can almost live a little bit above those circumstances. You can say, yes, the hand I've been dealt today or this month or this year has not been a good one. But I'm going to fix my eyes on things above and remember that Jesus is on the throne. This life is not all there is. And I have a hope in heaven. You know, I have a friend right now that is going through uh, a cancer battle. And you honestly would never know it. She's not walking around like I'm in awe of her because she's not walking around ever talking about it. Like, woe is me. I have treatments this week. Woe is me. You know, I have testing. Woe is me. I don't feel well. She probably isn't feeling well. She has to go through testing She has a lot on her plate. I'm sure there comes besides the physical aspect, the emotional aspect, the fear, anxiety, and all those things. Yet, I see this woman living above those circumstances. It's not a denial of the circumstances. It's a beautiful um, embracing of her Savior in those circumstances. It's not a denial of the diagnosis. It's a glory of her father, even while she has the diagnosis. And it's been a beautiful example to me and a beautiful picture to me because I know that, you know, for me, I'm not going through such a diagnosis. I can have like the smallest things go wrong in my day. And it would be very easy for me to spiral and be like, oh, Woe is me, all these things are happening. And we have to be careful. I'm not trying to do the, you know how we can talk about the comparison trap and we don't want to compare to other people's lives. That is definitely the same when it comes to comparing. Like we can easily be like, oh, well, I don't have it as bad as that person. That's not a good comparison either. That's a comparison trap that we don't want to get into either. 
we never want to say, well, at least I don't have a you know, cancer diagnosis, so I have nothing to you know, be upset about. Because we don't want to belittle what we're going through. We don't need to compare each other's joys, and we don't need to compare each other's struggles. There's always going to be somebody out there that has greater joy than you today, and there's always going to be somebody out there who's going through a greater struggle than you today. So we don't have to compare to diminish our struggle, but I like to admire when I see that somebody else is walking through a difficult time and still giving glory to God. So I'm not comparing and being like, well, at least I don't have cancer or at least I, you know, have, you know, whatever it is. We don't want to do that because that's also a bad place to kind of go in our headspace. So we don't want to do that. But it is okay to look at somebody and be like, you know what, that is a really great example of somebody setting their mind on things above. That is a really great example of somebody giving God glory in all things. And so I think of Paul, I've talked about this probably a bazillion times on the podcast and devotionals and things like that. But Paul wrote the book of Philippians while he was in jail and he was being persecuted for proclaiming Christ. And yet Philippians is often referred to as Paul's book of joy. You know, I think about that today. If somebody was over there in jail, wrongly accused, being beaten, put in chains, not allowed to leave their home, whatever it was, we would be posting left and right on the internet. There'd be, you know, hashtag free Karen, right? Because she's in jail, wrongly accused. There'd be, you know, an outrage. I'd be complaining. I'd be, I mean, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like, if you read through the book of Philippians, and for many years I did, not realizing that Paul was being persecuted while he wrote this book. If you read that book at face value and did not know Paul's background, and like I said, for many years I didn't, you wouldn't even have a hint that he was in jail, except he says at one point, remember my chains. And so we, re- and I don't know if that's in Philippians where he says that. I know he says that in one of his books. But in Philippians, you know, he mentions his chains, but he doesn't mention them as the focal point of his uh, complaining. In fact, that's in the book of Philippians where he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Or he says, do all things without complaining. Here, wait, I have it right here. The New King James Version says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. That's Philippians 2, 14 to 16. First of all, again, remember that Paul is writing this while he's being wrongly accused, persecuted, and everything else. Do all things without complaining and disputing. He doesn't say, when I get out of jail... I will not complain because then I, you know, then everything will be okay. He's saying all things and all things means all things. (laughs) And he says, 
that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So here we are. And then it says, among you shine as lights in the world. Here we are living that today in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation where all we want to do is complain because we don't get our way. And he says, so that you may shine. You're going to stand out if you don't complain. And you're not going to stand out because you get the glory and you should stand out. No, you stand out so you shine as lights in the world, world, holding fast the word of life so that you can give God the glory. You shine as a light for him and actually you will reflect his light into a world that sure needs it. The darker this world is, the greater opportunity we have as Christians for our light to shine. And what a time to shine when the whole world is complaining about not getting their way and the whole world is grumbling about what their neighbor is doing and the whole world is worried about what's going to happen in the future because this world is just, you know, and I do it too. I worry. I'm like, this world's crazy. What are my kids going to raise my grandkids in, right? But... Paul is saying, don't look at those things. Look at Jesus. He says that in all his writings. That's his focus is like the gospel laser focused. And so Paul's, you know, it's not like he's being a Pollyanna over there, like do all things without grumbling and complaining. He is in jail. It's not like, oh, well, he doesn't get it. He's not going through what I go through. Because, you know, people do that all the time. They're like, well, you don't get it. You don't know what I'm going through. I think Paul understood suffering, beaten, shipwrecked, you know, all these things happen, stones, right? I think Paul knew suffering and he still says, do all things without complaining. It says in James 5 verse 9, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Grumbling against each other, especially as Christians, gives us no opportunity to shine in a crooked and perverse generation. When the world sees us looking no different than the world, why on earth would the world want to know more about Jesus? We're no different. We have to guard against the spirit of complaint. It may start with little things about your day, and it can grow into big things about each other. And woe to us when we start grumbling and complaining about each other, especially in a crooked and perverse generation. We're not going to look any different. So we really need to take heed and listen. Like, Reading through Paul's books, reading through the Bible, reading through Jesus's words. It's not just warm, fuzzy feeling. It's like we got to do it. And it's not like I said, you could say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't, but he does. And his word still tells us not to complain, not to grumble against one another. So how do we reconcile that when it feels like everyone's doing it? It's normal. 
You'll, you feel like you'll stand out if you're not. Well, good. Stand out. Stand out and shine for Christ, right? I mean, it's a high calling not to be a complainer. It's a high calling to hold your tongue. But again, it starts within. If you can get in your mindset, my purpose in life is to glorify God. My purpose in life is for the kingdom. My purpose in life is that God is in control and I am not. I am not God. Then that will affect the words that come out of your mouth, the actions in your life. And here's the real key. Okay, this is where you're going to turn up the volume. Here's the real key to not complaining. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. When we have His Spirit in us, we can resist the temptation to kind of uh, participate in the grumbling, in the complaining. You know, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have the fruits of the Spirit, our evidence in our lives. There is power in the Spirit. And the, the evidence of that power in us, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, right? We have these things that we cannot produce on our own. In our flesh, we're going to produce complaining. Why? Because here's the thing. Complaining is really um, evidence of pride in us. Sometimes we don't see it that way. Whoops, I just knocked over something on my desk. Sorry, guys. Um, sometimes we don't see it that way as a prideful thing, but it really is because complaining says, I want what I want. It doesn't say I want what God wants. And so complaining is prideful and it's going to produce in us things of the flesh. It focuses on me and what I want. But when we're walking by the Spirit and there's evidence of that in our life and we're walking with humility, completely surrendered and submitted to God, we walk and we say, I want what He wants. And even though these circumstances right now are not ideal, I have Jesus in them. And there's no room for complaining. So really the key is the Holy Spirit in us. We must hold fast to the word of God. We must remain in prayer, pray without ceasing all day long. So that when you feel that you want to focus on the circumstances and you want to focus on the things that are going on around you, you have this supernatural ability to rise above those circumstances and let the power of the Holy Spirit be displayed in you to a watching world and you will be able to live above those circumstances. It's not saying you embrace the struggles and you celebrate the struggles and it's not saying that. But it's, okay, this is what I've been dealt. But I, I, I walk with a very powerful God and he will get me through anything. 
Because when we're complaining, what does that say about God to a watching world that he's not powerful? Because if you're constantly complaining about your life, how can you be giving him glory for your life and all he does in your life? If you're complaining about the circumstances you're in, what does that say about your God who is supposed to be sovereign over those circumstances? You don't realize it, but you are displaying to the world a complaint about against your God. And that can lead to a very negative place for you spiritually. And guess what? You're dragging in everybody else with you. You're dragging them down with you. And that's what the world does. The world, we're all dragging each other down. But we as Christians are here to lift up. God can lift us up out of the pit. God can help us in any circumstance. When we are so focused on our circumstances that we start complaining to anyone who will listen, we're not telling them about Jesus. We should be telling anyone who will listen about Jesus. If people are listening to us, let our words be glorifying him. If people are listening to us, let our words be filled with truth and honor to him. Because at the end of the day, you have airtime, right? People have an opportunity to listen to you, whether it's online or in person. Do you want to waste your breath with complaints? Or do you want to use every breath to glorify his name? Imagine you're with somebody. And they see that your circumstances aren't ideal. They see that you're living in a struggle right now. And they see you go, woe is me. This is, you know, so hard. Or they see you say, wow, this is a really hard time right now. But boy, do I serve an awesome God. And I trust him in this. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference to an outsider looking in? I mean, if I saw the second example I, and I was an outsider, I'd be like, whoa, that's amazing. Who is this God that she can rise above these circumstances? I want to know him more. We can get caught in the cycle of complaining when we focus on ourselves. It always goes back to our heart. I mean, we see it with serving you know, whether you're serving in ministry, you're serving at your church, you're serving in your community, you're serving in your home, to your family, you're serving your neighbors, whatever it is. How many of us realize, like, you know what I'm talking about. You see people and it's like they're having opportunities to serve, but yet they complain about them. They tell you, I'm so busy, and they list all the things that they did that week. That doesn't glorify God. That's that going back to that kind of spirit of pride where it's like, look at all I do, right? Because when you're actually serving for the right reason out of love, out of love for the Lord and love for others, you don't see it as a burden. You don't see it as a badge of honor. You're not trying to impress people. When you're actually serving for the right reasons, you're not going to complain about it. And I know what this is like because many years ago, Steve and I, we were serving at one time and we had taken on way too many opportunities, right? And we were serving a ton and we were just doing way too many things. 
And we got into a really bad place where it was this constant complaining about all that we were doing. Because I'll tell you, I could be doing the very same amount of serving today that I was doing then. But if I was doing it with the right heart, I wouldn't even be counting the hours or the amount of time or whatever because I would be doing it for the right reasons. So we had to repent of that. It, it became serving for the wrong reasons. If you're complaining about serving, you're not really serving. The only one you're serving is yourself. Because the focus is all on you and what you do. So if you find yourself, you're getting bitter, you're feeling burdened, that's a really good time to reevaluate. And I, that happened to me. I get it. And sometimes it can still happen to me. That's a really good time to reevaluate and be like, Lord, maybe my heart isn't in the right place. Lord, can you help me with this? Lord, I'm really sorry that I'm focused on myself right now. Lord, I want to serve because I love you and I love others. Can you help me to do that? Because guess what? Again, the key goes back to the spirit. In our flesh, when we try to do it on our own and we do it apart from him, it becomes a burden. It becomes just busyness. Because in our flesh, we will always just want to please ourselves. But when we truly allow the spirit to work in us, We don't even have to think about it. He starts working in us. He gives us the ability to do all the things we do. It no longer becomes about the quantity of the things we do, but it becomes about who we do them for. You could do a hundred different things for the right reasons and never feel like it was a burden. You could do one thing for the wrong reason and it would feel like the biggest weight and the biggest burden. It's not about how many things you do. It's about who you're doing them for. So if you find that you start complaining about serving, that's a really good time to reevaluate. And again, that's a time not to, you know, I'm not sitting here to shame you and be like, oh, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's like, you know what? This is a really good time to ask the Lord to come in and help me with this. I've done it. We've done it in the past for sure serving for the wrong reasons, you know, getting caught up in all I do, blah, blah, blah. That is not serving for the right reasons. Again, if you're complaining about it, then you're probably not serving for the right reasons. So if you find that you're getting into a complaining mindset, regardless of what it is, whether it's just looking at the world around us and complaining, whether it's small things from, you know, like I said, uh, the gro- I'll give you one yesterday. <laughs> I have a very bad relationship with printers these days. Okay, I don't even want to get into it, but I've had two instances where I've had to hook up printers wirelessly lately. They just don't want to hook up wirelessly. I was on the phone for an hour yesterday with customer service. Okay, I was not shining like a bright star. I will tell you... Now, I'm not one to be mean to customer service people, especially when they're being very patient with me. But the thing was not working and I was getting so frustrated. And so I get it. I'm not over there to be like, guess what? I'm perfect. I never complain. I hung up that phone and I was complaining. 
And so I laugh about it now, though, because number one, I finally got the printer to work. Hallelujah. But number two, I also see the ridiculousness of it. And in the grand scheme of things, right, that this is not a big deal. But even though the circumstance isn't that big of a deal it's a wireless printer, we're not talking about like a life or death situation here. I still have the opportunity to shine like Christ, right? No matter what it is, whether it's small or big, I still have to uh, answer to my creator about my behavior. So it doesn't matter like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. It was a small thing. I was still complaining. And again, it's those little things, those little complaints that start to add up. Because before you know it, you're just complaining about everything because it just becomes so normal. You know, it's like, you know, those people too that like, you can talk to and you'll be like, oh, you know, this happened. And then they always have to one up you. It's like, and I did a whole podcast episode about this once, but where it's like, oh, well, you think you have a bad, I have it 10 times worse, you know, that kind of thing. That never feels good on the receiving end, right? Don't be that person. Don't be that person to dish that out. Like reevaluate. Take time after you listen to this podcast and say, do I have a spirit of complaining? Because sometimes we don't even realize it. And like I said, we don't realize it because everyone's doing it. And it just becomes normal. But it's not normal because the Bible says not to do it. And so, you know, evaluate and be like, do I do that? Or, you know, if you hear somebody talking and they're telling you about their bad day, resist the urge to tell them about your bad day. Just listen. Just listen, resist the urge to say, yeah, me too. Now, I think sometimes we just want to be relatable. I don't think we have like a malicious intent. We just want to be relatable and we just want to be like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. But just resist the urge and just listen. Because you know how it feels when you're the one that's kind of sharing about something and then the other person's like, oh, well, I had a bad day too. And you're like, did you even hear what I said? Don't make it all about you. Always make it all about them and always make it all about Jesus. You have an opportunity if somebody's complaining to you to point them to Jesus. Because you can say, yeah, I really hear you. And that must feel really bad. And that must be really hard. And I am so sorry that you are struggling. But guess what? Do you know God? Because he can really help you through this. You can say, guess what? I have gone through some struggles in my life. I don't know how I would do them without God walking me through. It's such a great opportunity to share the gospel, you know? And and remember, like our words matter. Sometimes we may only get a brief encounter with another human being ever. We may only get a brief encounter with that person in the grocery store today. That may be the only opportunity we will ever see that person in our whole life. Do we want to use our words to be joining in in the complaining culture? Or do we want to use our words to give God glory? We have an opportunity with every single person we meet, whether we're going to meet them for 30 seconds in our life or 30 years. We have opportunities. And what are we going to use our interactions for? I don't want to waste my interactions on negativity and complaining, all of our words should be used to glorify God. All of our words should be used to, uh, you know, to just express the love that we have for him. All right, so we also know that um, 
when we co- constantly complain or we're grumbling or we're, you know, just in that negative mindset, it also demonstrates a spirit of discontentment. And when we do that, it's also not lining up with how great is our God? Because if we're discontent, we're saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, I worship God, but I'm really not content with the life he's given me. Like we don't realize it, but that's subtly what it's saying. Like you're a Christian, you're trying to tell others about Jesus, you're trying to get people to go to church with you, you invite people to ladies Bible study, but then you walk around and you sound so discontent. So why would they want to take part in those things with you? So we have to be really careful and remember the world is watching. If you are demonstrating discontentment, then you have to, again, reevaluate and say, wow, am I really discontent with my God? Because it also tells us in the Bible that we can be content in all things. Paul, again, he says that he know he says I know what it's like. Again, we we might we want to say so bad. Well, you don't know what it's like. First of all, God knows what it's like. He knows what you're going through. And Paul also says, "I know what it's like. I've lived with everything. I've lived with nothing." Right? He says, "I've had plenty and I've been in want." And yet he can do all things because Christ has given him the strength. He says, I can be content with uh, whether I have a lot or a little, because it's not about the lot or the little. It's about God. It's about being content with him, no matter what. He is enough. He is more than enough to fulfill you. So when we are complaining, it shows that we are dissatisfied. It shows that we are discontent. But yet the Bible tells us as the Christian, we are have everything we need in Christ. We are satisfied. Our contentment comes from him. So we have to be very careful with our grumbling and our complaining. I mean, we know the most famous grumblers and complainers in the Bible, right? We can go back to the Israelites. They had literally just been... Uh, seen God like part the sea. They had literally seen miracles. They had literally just been um, uh, delivered from being slaves in Egypt, right? And what do they do? They complain. And they actually have the nerve to say it was better for us back then in Egypt. I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) Right? It is just craziness to see. And yet it's such a picture of us. Like we have been redeemed. God parted the sea for us. He has made a way for us to be free from bondage and slavery to sin. He has made a way for us to be delivered. And what do we do? (sighs) I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy with my day. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with that. When we focus on the circumstances... It hinders us from focusing on God. When the Israelites looked around them and said, 
These conditions aren't what we want, even though we have just been delivered. They weren't focusing on their deliverer. They were focusing on what was going on around them. And just as us today, as a Christian, you have been delivered from sin. What more is there to life? You are promised the gift of eternal life. What else is there? You have the cherry on top, the icing on the cake, everything you could ever ask for and more. And you're like, you know what? I may have eternal life, but right now this isn't doing it for me. Guess what? Right now isn't forever. And I know this sounds harsh because I know that people are listening and you're going through trials and I understand. I, I like to remind you guys again, just because I don't talk about it, I have gone through horrific trials so I can relate. I get it. But yet I know my God is greater than every single trial I have walked through. And I have seen that even in the worst of the worst of the worst trials, that he works through it. And I know that even if on this side of heaven, I never see the reason for some of those trials and they are just so horrific and I can't even understand how God will ever work for good in this. I know I am promised eternal life with him. And that helps me to rise above it all. We focus on our deliverer. What have we been delivered from? Death. What else is there to complain about? Sure, the washing machine may have broken. The bank account is empty. My child is, uh, you know, having a hard time. Those are all things that are very real and very difficult and we do have to deal with. But how do we deal with them is what makes all the difference. Do we deal with them like the world deals with them and talks about woe is me? Or do we deal with them as a Christian deals with them and says, praise the Lord, I serve a God who will get me through even this. No matter what you're walking through today, remember these things. The spirit of complaining will drag you down. It'll just cause more complaining. It will, like, complaining will beget complaining. But when you allow the spirit to work in you, you will resist the temptation to complain. And you will have the uh, ability to praise in all things. And then remember, the world is watching. The world is watching. I would guarantee you that if somebody saw you going through a trial or a hard day or maybe unfair circumstances and you go through them still giving glory to God, that is going to make all the difference. It's a testimony. I promise you, if you could look at the Lord and allow him, he will give you, he, see, this is the thing we could say, well, I can't go through this thing and not complain, or I can't go through this thing and feel good about it. You can't, but God can give you the ability. That's what I said before. Turn your volume up. That's the key. That's what God will do. He will give you the spirit. He will give you the ability. He will give you the power through the Holy Spirit to not complain. He will give you the power through the Holy Spirit to rise above. Don't depend on yourself or you will fall into the complaining. Like I said, that woman that I know that's going through cancer, you can see that that's a power working in her. 
And she will rightly admit it. She'll say, this isn't me doing this. This is all him. And guess what? God gets the glory in the end. Regardless of our circumstances, we have an obligation to give God glory. It does not say in the Bible, only give him glory when things go your way. Only give him glory when you feel like it. We have an obligation. And it do- the thing is, when you are free in Christ, it's not an obligation. You can't stop yourself from praising the Lord. When you're serving out of the right reasons and your heart is in it, you don't even think about the cost for yourself because you're so enthralled with serving the Lord and serving others. That's the difference. So let's not normalize this culture of complaining. There's nothing normal about us Christians, right? We don't need to get caught up in it. We just need to get caught up in him and let his spirit lead us in all things. So we don't have to, uh, if we feel that we've been treated unfairly, if we feel that our circumstances are unfair, we don't always have to verbalize every single thing. Take it to the Lord. I mean, sure, you're going to go to your good friends. You're going to go to your husband and say, you know, this doesn't feel good. This is a hard thing. Going to good, godly people who are not going to just like, you know, join in the complaining. Before you know it, it's just one big complaint fest. Go to the people who are going to point you to God in all things. If you feel the need to just be like, you know what, I'm having the worst day ever, this is just so hard. Go to the people who are going to lift you up and not wallow in it with you. That's what we really need to be. And when you're the one that is able to lift someone else up, do it. Don't wallow. Don't don't wallow with others. Point them to Jesus. Because you know what? We are called to be like him. We are called to be like Jesus. And like I said before, there's nothing normal about us, right? We are countercultural. We don't have to join in the complain fests. We don't have to make it normal to live in a spirit of discontentment. We ask the Lord to help us. We ask the Lord to give us his power, his spirit, to give us the ability to praise him in all things, to give him glory in all things. This life that you live is not about you. It's all about him. So I hope that this encouraged you today. If it did, I would love to hear from you. I love when you guys send me messages and tell me that the podcast encouraged you because that encourages me to keep going, (laughs) to keep doing it. I love when you leave me a voice message. You can do that at anchor.fm slash simply living for him. If it's just too much to type out, you can write it, um, speak it there and I can hear the the voice message or you can email me at Karen at simplyivingforhim.com or you can go to Instagram or Facebook and direct message me. I always love 
love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, we're in a time now of Thanksgiving. We're entering this season where, you know, the whole world wants to complain about, you know, all the stuff that's going on. Uh, you know, it's it's always amazes me that this the day after Thanksgiving, this day of being thankful, everybody's going to go like riding in the stores over Black Friday sales. We're going to enter this consumerism uh, season um, when it's the season we're celebrating Jesus. So go against the grain. Being a Christian is countercultural. We don't have to wallow. We don't have to fall into the trap of, uh, you know, discontentment. We are getting ready to celebrate a day of Thanksgiving and praise coming up uh, at the end of November on Thanksgiving. And then we're going to enter into the season where we celebrate Jesus. Don't let the world drag you down. Don't start getting into um, the complaining culture. Don't normalize complaining. Rise above it and point to Jesus. So I hope this encouraged you. If it did, let me know. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today. Amen.